Hi, my name is Roy Hurst, and this is my miracle story. So on May 25th, 2021, uh, I was working for the South Haven Police Department, but at the time I was attached to a uh, FBI Safe Streets Task Force, which focuses mainly on violent crimes. Uh, our dispatch put out a bolo for a vehicle that had uh, entered our city um, that where the occupant um, driving the vehicle was wanted for numerous felony um, aggravated assault warrants out of uh, Georgia. Uh, after some time, one of our officers located the vehicle. The vehicle fled from him and he lost it. And he thought that the vehicle was gonna be in the area of Church Road going on to northbound uh, Interstate 55. Um, at the time, I was pretty close to Interstate 55 at State Line. So I pulled up into that area and um, within a few minutes, I was able to locate the vehicle northbound on 55 headed into Memphis. As the vehicle entered into an area that I was uh, somewhat familiar with, uh, low population, uh, very little threat to the uh, public, um, I knew that this would be a perfect place to end this. And um, at this point, I used my vehicle to, uh, to damage the side of his vehicle, purposely popping his uh, side airbags. Um, whenever I did this, I thought that the vehicle would come to a stop and I would be able to um, affect an arrest you know, like, like you would normally would. But the vehicle continued rolling uh, down the road um, at a pace that I was unable to keep up with. So I entered back into my vehicle and uh, began to follow the vehicle again. Uh, the suspect's vehicle came to rest on an elevated position. And at this point, the suspect exited his vehicle and swung around with a long rifle. Um, as he exited his vehicle, I threw my vehicle in the park and uh, exited because I knew that if he was gonna be exiting with a long gun, that it was gonna be easy for me to be hit if I stayed in the vehicle. So I, I exited as he began opening fire. And at this point, I could feel the, the bullets going by me. I could feel the cavitation from the rounds. I could hear the sound of the rounds. Um, I took up a position to return fire uh, with only seven rounds. It was, uh, that was over very quick. Um, once I was out of ammo, I began to run. And as I was running, I could still hear the bullets uh, flying by me. I was able to finally find a place where I was able to take cover up underneath a, uh, on a hill that was kind of kept the view of him away from me. Um, it was at this point that I laid there uh, for a couple seconds being scared to look up. When I finally got up the nerve to look up, I could see him drive off in my vehicle and I could also notice that there was a, a obvious wound to my left forearm. Um, as I laid there, I could see that he had left and I could see that the passenger door of his vehicle open and a female stepped out. Um, as the female stepped out, she went to the rear passenger door and opened it, and I could see her remove approximately two-year-old child. I was unaware that either one of them were in the vehicle. I later learned that the suspect had fled into Arkansas with Arkansas State Police chasing him into an area outside of Forest City. There, 
Um, approximately 150 officers surrounded a field in a house uh, where after a six hour standoff, the suspect was taken into custody. It was also later determined that as after he had shot approximately 14 times at me, that the reason why he had stopped firing at me was because his gun had jammed. There are things about this day that some people say can be considered a miracle. There's numerous different things that happened throughout this whole ordeal. The one thing that stands out to me is the fact that when I needed him the most, God stopped the fire of the rifle. Uh, if he wouldn't have stopped it at the point that he did, uh, who knows how this would have ended up. What a, what a powerful story, and we thank God for his protection, his provision, his miraculous intervention in Roy and that mother and child's life that day whenever they truly needed God to do something. And there are times in life whenever we need God to come in and step in in miraculous ways that only he can do, uh, where in ways that seem to defile logic and all, all laws of nature, if you will, so that only can, it can be attributed to him that his hand was what was at play in the situation. And this morning, we're going to talk about this idea of asking that question of God, whenever I need a miracle, how do I ask you? How do I find that? So good morning. I'm glad that you're here uh, for worship this morning. My name is Hunter Upton. I'm one of the pastors here at our South Haven campus of Getwell Church. Glad you join us for worship, especially if you're our guest today. We're in our second week of our series that we are calling Miracles. We're looking at what, what is a miracle? We're asking some questions. What is a miracle? Why does God do miracles? Last week, Pastor Jonathan talked about this. I know we weren't here in person, but I hope you were able to join us online. Uh, but I encourage you, go ahead and go back and watch that message. You can go online to, uh, to youtube.com slash Church South Haven. You can find that message and others there. Uh, but you can find that in the coming weeks. We're going to ask questions like, uh, how do we respond to when God does miracles? And then finally, we're going to look at the final week. What do I do if I don't get the miracle that I've asked for. But today, the question that we're wrestling with and we're asking is, how do I ask God for a miracle? So if you've got a Bible or a device that you read from, we're going to be in Psalm chapter 77. You can go ahead and turn there. Uh, and that's where we're going to be this morning. This Psalm 77 is written by Asaph, who was one of the Levites that King David had commissioned to be one of the uh, chief singers, if you will, in the house of the Lord. Uh, but before we get to Psalm 77, I want to refresh us, and uh, I won't spoil too much of what Jonathan's sermon was about last week if you haven't seen it, but just enough to give us some context of asking what is a miracle and why does God do them? Simply put, a miracle is God performing extraordinary events or interventions that can be attributed solely to the power of God alone. Uh, they go beyond the laws of nature, and they, they're not matched by our human strength, our ability, our power, or our plans. And so miracles in and of themselves are acts of God that do three things. They point to Jesus. They point us to Jesus. They strengthen our faith, and they reflect the glory of God. Now, something that I wish none of us had to deal with is this truth and reality that, that we live in a broken and fallen world, and there are times when we have problems that arise. Uh, there are times whenever it seems like the waters of troubled circumstances are just flooding us uh, from, from all around. There are times whenever the light at the end of the tunnel uh, seems to be extinguishing, right? Like maybe you have felt that recently. But my question is, how do we respond in those moments? 
We talked back at the beginning of this month, if you were with us, we were talking through a series on hope about how us as Christians, we have to have a relentless grip on this hope that we profess and we have in Jesus. And so whenever we come to those kind of moments in life, we don't just give up. We don't just throw in the towel and say it's over. No, whenever a problem arises in our life, we see that as a platform in which God can and will act and move. So what prompts us asking for miracles whenever we've reached that moment that seems too challenging? Uh, Whenever we're facing a dilemma that's far beyond our control, whenever we really need God to come and bring some change, some relief, a resolution to this problem that we're facing. So should you ask God for a miracle when you find yourself in your boat? And the answer is absolutely. You should absolutely. In times whenever you need God to show up and show out, you need to ask him to come and do that thing that he can do. So where do we turn whenever we need a miracle? Well, let's look and see what Asaph did. Uh, And he wrote in Psalm 77, and we're going to begin in verse 1. I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands, and I would not be comforted. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. I meditated, and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart meditated and my spirit asked, will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Just in these beginning verses of this psalm, you can hear the anguish, you can hear the distress in Asaph's soul. His heart is crying out. He's pouring it out before the Lord in his time of need. And for all of us, when we find ourselves in very similar situations, we can follow his example Because here's the thing is that there's this warm invitation from the Lord that we would cry out to him earnestly. You see, when when we've reached the end of our ability, when we've reached the end of our rope, whenever we, we have nowhere else to turn, we're to cry out to the one who is able, and that's God. And so the psalmist, his cry is urgent, it's active, it's persistent. And a lot of times when we find ourselves in that very similar situation, we're, we match that kind of intensity, right? Uh, we have an urgent need. It's happening in the moment and we're persistent in finding help. What are we going to do? We should cry out, cry out to the God who hears you. See, our cries are directed to him because he's a compassionate and he's a good and caring father who hears the groanings of our souls, who hears the weariness on our breath, and who hears and knows the questions and the the doubts that we have that are on our minds and our hearts and that come from our lips. See, Asaph, he searches and he searches for relief. and, and, And friends, he even asks questions that a lot of us as believers, we won't even allow ourselves to go there, but yet it's what we feel. We wonder. He's honest with God. He needs God to intervene as only God can do. But I worry that for a lot of us, whenever we find ourselves in those kind of situations, uh, we've, we've become deceived in thinking that, that there's absolutely nothing that can change the way that the thing is. See, we live very comfortable lives. 
And we, we have a lot of abilities to meet a lot of needs in our lives. We think, okay, well, maybe this situation needs just a little more money. Uh, maybe maybe I, if I just get connected and network to that right person, then, then maybe that will help solve the issue. Maybe the reason that, that maybe I need to, to change internet providers because they're gouging me left and right, you know, and uh, yeah, I've lived that recently. But friends, we always think if there's just this one thing that I can do, then surely it's going to relieve my situation, right? And we will try everything. And friends, a lot of times we try the things and then we find that they fall short of meeting the need that we actually have. And then we just resign ourselves that, well, I guess that's just the way things are going to be. But we miss out on what God wants to do in it. Just because you think that you can work out a solution on your own doesn't mean that God doesn't want to be involved in that solution. Now, I'm not saying that God doesn't use that person that you need to network, that God doesn't say, hey, yes, you do need to pay a little bit more to have someone else do this thing, whatever it might be. I'm not saying that God doesn't use that, but God wants to be involved in it. You should ask God for a miracle, especially if your situation needs one. See, too often I think that we don't ask because we honestly don't think that God is able to do the thing. Or on the flip side, we don't ask because we don't think that God should be bothered with this. God, you've got other important things to do. But here's, here's the thing is that he cares for you. He cares for you so much so this, that, that you should not let pride be a stumbling block to the blessing that he wants to give you. Sometimes we don't ask because we don't think. That he truly wants to bless us, but friends, whenever your situation is dire and he needs to move, he wants to. Don't let your pride come in that way. So what would it look for us if, if we switched our thinking here? What if instead of waiting until we reach the end of our rope, what if we cried out to God at the beginning? Or better yet, if it doesn't happen at the beginning, what if we just cried out at some point before we reached rock bottom, right? Like, what if, what if our go-to was to go to God instead of trying to come up with a solution, striving to try to find our way and solution ourselves, or, or like I said, waiting till we get to rock bottom? What if we just cried out to God from the beginning? See, we need to recognize that there is only one and which from whom our help can come. And that's God. That's God. See, the psalm writes this as the psalm of ascent as, as the, the Israelites make their way to Jerusalem. They would sing these songs. And in Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2, it asks this question, where does my help come from? And the answer is, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Friends, he is the one that we run to. So Asaph, he, he's running to the Lord. He's crying out to him in his time of need for God to deliver him. And then he has a thought. I love this. He has a thought. So if you still got your Bibles open, let's pick up in verse 10 of Psalm 77. But then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I'll consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God. You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. The waters saw you, God. The waters saw you and writhed. The very depths were convulsed. 
The clouds poured down water. The heavens resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters, though your footprints were not seen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. So Asaph, he, he appeals to God, not just in a, a simple way of, you know, God, help me. And I think a lot of times that, that we just say, God, help me. But he appeals to God and asking God by appealing to God's character, God's character and what God had done in the past. And once again, I think it's worth reminding us all that, that God isn't going to do a miracle that's outside of what's going to fit within his purposes of the world. Uh, miracles are, are ultimately about God's kingdom work. And Asaph knew that. That's why in verse 13, he says, you are holy. He knows that, that God's way is holy, and so whatever God wants is what God is going to do and ultimately achieve because God is holy. There is no other way. And what Asaph recalls of the Lord is this, is he is the God who performs miracles, displaying his power among the peoples. And so he remembers, and I love that phrase, I will remember. I will remember. And in the last verses of this psalm, what we read is he remembers God's miraculous delivering of his people out of slavery and oppression in Egypt, leading them through the Red Sea on the way to the promised land. For Asaph, he knew the testimony that the same God who'd heard the cry of the people in Egypt and brought deliverance there is the same God who hears his cry today. That same God and that same God who heard the cry of his people in Egypt hears your cry as well. That same God who, as the people were walking to the promised land and grumbling and complaining and wondering how in the world they were going to eat or how they were going to have water, he's the same God who provided quail and manna and water for the people. He's the same God who hears your cry as well and can provide for you what you need. That same God who especially as we get to the New Testament in Jesus, heals the blind, heals the lame, heals the brokenhearted. He binds them up and he brings healing. That same God is the same God who can do the same for you. And so the truth is this, is that the same God at work then is the same God who is at work in your life today. Amen? The God who works wonders in the past is the very same God who's actively at work in your life today. He remains the God of miracles. He is, always will be, seeking to bring glory to his name. And also he wants to pour forth the goodness of his love and his mercy and his grace upon your life as well. See, in the midst of whatever you're facing, you go to God, you cry out to God asking for a miracle. You got to take a moment to reflect on this past faithfulness. You have to. Asaph said, I will remember. And as we take that moment, as we remember, we remember whether it's in your life or, or those who've come before us, this whole book here is just filled with stories of God's testimony of his faithfulness. But we take a moment to remember, remember that the same God to trust this miraculous power of God that shaped history then is still at play in your life, in your journey today. So it's a good practice for us to remember. And in those moments, we've got to remember his reputation. We've got to remember his goodness, his power. Rather than leaning on our own self, 
Friends, I don't know about you, but, but if I put my faith and trust in myself, we're not going to get very far. I let myself down quite a bit. But I know one who never lets me down. And that's God. Because he never changes. I would rather put my faith in the one who's sovereign over all things than myself or anyone else. All right, so you might be thinking, all right, Hunter, thank you. We know that we should cry out to God. We know that we have this same God that, that's at work then. It's the same God at work now. But give me some steps to do this. And I'm so glad that you've encouraged me. So we're going to get there. It makes me think of uh, just a, a few pointers that we can glean from a scenario, an instance, a story that we find in Matthew chapter 9. Jesus is walking along the way and there's these two blind men that are following Jesus and they're crying out to him, have mercy on us, son of David. And so as they catch up to him, Jesus asked them, he says, do you believe that I'm able to do this? They replied, yes, Lord. And he touches their eyes. And he says, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And friends, their sight is restored. These two no longer blind men, they go out and they begin to spread the good news of Jesus all around that region. So how do we ask God for a miracle? The first is this, is that you've got to approach God with humility. See, these guys, they knew their condition, but they also knew their God. Uh, and as we talked about earlier, you've got to set aside your pride and you've got to come to God you have a situation and need uh, something that you can't find a solution or resolution to, if you can't figure out how to work out the answer, if you can't figure out how to provide, if you can't heal it yourself, right, there's someone who can. Are you going to humble yourself enough to come before God knowing that you aren't able to in your own might? Remember, he's the God of miracles. Asaph told us that. He's the God of miracles. So then with this, this idea of humility, you've also got to have the humility to surrender yourself to his will, to what he wants to do in that situation and not your own. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 tells us this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, all of them, all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. See, when we come to God with humility, it takes away the manipulation that we want to try to connive with him, the conditions that we put on, on him, like, God, if you do this miracle, then I'll do this. No, 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 no. If you do it in this way, then, then no, 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 no. Father, what, what you want and the way you want to work it out, I'm locked in on that. I'm coming in humility before God. I want to go in the direction that you intend rather than my own and we remember that, that his miracles are done according to his purpose. God, have your way with this. Second is this, is you need to express your need honestly and specifically. Now, Matthew doesn't tell us exactly what the men say or, or if Jesus just kind of knew it, but I can imagine that it was probably pretty obvious why they were crying out uh, to God. And when we cry out, it, it's not that God doesn't already know, right? Like he's God. He already knows what's going on in your life. But here's the thing is that whenever we cry out honestly and, and come before God, it helps, it helps this thing and this thing come together. They get called up in God. It's because then we understand that, that we've invited him into this situation. It's, it's more for us than it is for God. But we've invited him into our situation and there's a release that happens whenever we practice that kind of honesty before the Lord. 
But more than just honesty, ask specifically. Uh, tell him what you need. Uh, what is it that you really want God to do in providing that miracle in your life? Well, we ask specifically so that, that we can see that it has been answered. I think one of the greatest misses in my early walk with the Lord is that my prayers were pretty general. You know, Lord, bless me this day. That's not a bad thing to pray. You should pray that. But what is it that I need God to do today? What is it that I desire to see him working and moving, et cetera, et cetera? When we ask specifically, it's easy for us to look back and go, that was the hand of the Lord. That was the hand of the Lord. That was the hand of the Lord. Ask specifically so that we can see God moving in what we need. The third is this. Ask with faith. Now, Jesus asked the two blind men, he says, do you believe that I am able to do this? Do you believe that I'm able to do this? When we approach God with humility, when we express our need honestly and specifically, do we honestly believe that God is able to do the thing that we've asked? And I have to say that for, for me, even as a pastor, sometimes I struggle with that. But I'm so comforted knowing that even those 12 that walked with him day in and day out and the disciples, the, the, they too struggled with that. At one point, Jesus in the Gospels, we find Jesus just laid out something that seems very impossible for them to follow. And they say one simple prayer that's become a prayer of mine. Lord, increase my faith. Lord, increase my faith. As I say, God, I've got a miracle, I've got a problem, I've got something that I need you to work in and do because I can't do it on my own. Lord, I give it to you. Increase my faith. You can do it. Do you believe I'm able to do this? And I hope that I can be like those two blind men and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Increase our faith, Lord, to remember and to trust you. Fourth is this. How do I ask God for a miracle? You finish by practicing gratitude and worship. Now I can only imagine that what it was like for those two blind men as all of a sudden their eyes are opened. When they get to see the friends that they've had all these years, they get to see their faces for the first time. When they look around the room and they go, I've never seen these things before, this color before. When they look outside and they see the beauty of the landscape that God has made. And it says that they go and they tell everyone, everyone they met about this man, about the miraculous power of God through Jesus Christ, and they give him all the praise and all the glory. It's easy for us to, to worship God and give gratitude whenever we've seen him move. That's a natural response, I think, for most of us. But what should also be a natural response is even before we've seen him move and provide a miracle, that we practice gratitude and worship. See, I think that Asaph, he, he, he finishes the psalm by, by expressing the gratitude that he has of God's reputation and his goodness and his power. And he gives thanks to God for that, even though he hasn't seen his situation change yet. He's remembering, he's recalling, and he's placing his faith in that, knowing that God's going to do something with it. And you see, we've got a God who's worthy of all of our honor, all of our praise, every bit of who we are, whether or not he answers our cries for miracles in the way that we think that he should. We're going to talk more about that in the coming weeks, so make sure you come back, all right? But the bottom line is this. 
Friends, we have a God who is able. We do. We have a God who is able. And when we ask God for a miracle, there's movement that begins to happen. Movement happens in our life, in our hearts, but also God begins to move as well. There's a lawyer, pastor, uh, army chaplain from the early 1800s, uh, or late 1800s, early 1900s. His name is E.M. Bounds, and he wrote extensively on prayer. Uh, Lots of great works there would encourage you in this, but he wrote this about prayer. He says that prayer puts God to work. Let's look at this quote. Prayer moves God to work among people in his own way, of course, that he would not do if the prayers were not made. If prayer puts God to work on earth, then by the same token, prayerlessness excludes God from the world's affairs and prevents him from working. If prayer moves God to work in the world's affairs, then prayerlessness excludes God from everything concerning people. Prayerlessness leaves man as the mere creature of circumstances, at the mercy of blind fate and without help of any kind from God. It leaves man with the tremendous responsibilities and difficult problems of the world, with all its sorrows and burdens and afflictions, without any God at all. Prayer puts God to work in all things prayed for. While man in his weakness and poverty waits, trust, and prays, God undertakes the work. God undertakes the work. And friends, that's what we need. That's what we need. We need for God to move in the way that will ultimately bring him glory and ultimately be for our good. And because you ask God, you can rest in knowing that that God's good plan and purpose is on the move, even if we can't see or sense it just yet. He's working it out. Whether in this life or the life to come, he's working it out. You've heard me say it a hundred times, and I'll keep saying it. God gets the final word, friends. He's working and he's moving. We've got a God who who sees you, who knows you, who hears you, and who loves you. Let him show you what he can do. All you got to do is ask him. Ask him for that miracle and then trust him. Trust that he's moving. Trust that he's working it out. Amen. In just a moment, we're going to have a time of response. And so I want to encourage you, respond as the Lord is moving you this morning. would love for you to pray. If there is that miracle that you need God to do on your heart, ask him. Take it to him. Set it before him. You can pray here with your seat. You can come down front. You can come down front and pray about anything. There'll be some of us down front. You can call us over. We would love to pray with you as well. But in the song that we're about to sing, there's a simple phrase for us. And I want us to sing it with all that we are. Whether you've been trusting Jesus for a long time or just a little while, maybe you're searching and wondering, but here's the thing is that I believe in you. You are the God of miracles. Let's sing that today, okay? So if you'll stand, I'm gonna pray for us. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for the truth that you are a good God. Father, that you care for us. Lord, we live in a world that is not as it should be. But Lord, we know that you are still at work. And so God, I pray that whatever it is that's on our hearts and in our lives, Lord, whatever we're holding on to, whatever we're trying to put and muster our own strength to, but has fallen short, Lord, we pray that you would help us to reach out to you, to cry out to you, Lord, because you hear us. And Lord, would you increase our faith? 
Lord, as we do that, would you increase our faith that we would trust you in it, knowing that you are at work in it. And Lord, would you help us to be faithful? Lord, to trust you and to be faithful and walk with you all along the way. Lord, we thank you for the testimony of those who've come before us. Lord, the reputation that you have for being a good and powerful and wonderful father. Lord, I pray that we would each experience that afresh today. Lord, as we trust in you. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and you deserve all the glory and all the praise now and forevermore. Amen.